actually our first time in America together. And um, we're going to do something different. We don't really have a message. Uh, Matt and, sorry, Pastor Matt and Pastor Eric asked us to uh, share a little bit about the ministry there and kind of uh, give a picture to you that you're not just an enigma, even though by the standards of most of the churches around, you're an enigma, but we're the same way in Cluj. Um, but you're not an enigma because you're something that God's raising up that we relate to quite well. Um, and if I can just find the page I'm going to, I just, uh, I have an introduction and a closing. And, uh, and Radu has everything in between, but I'll probably act as the great interrupter. Hallelujah. Uh, but really what we were praying for was that um, regardless of who's speaking, that we just be allowed that time to hear the Spirit because perhaps he's got something to compliment or I've got something to compliment. And, um, you know, so we want to give you the picture of what it's like, uh, but we didn't just want to tell a story. And both of us, as we were praying about this separately and we came together, we both had notes and we had ideas, but I uh, just felt like it, it just wasn't supposed to be a message. And that's really hard for me because everything as we're going along, I'm fighting not to make a message out of it. So I tried to keep these kind of um, sparse and uh, allow time. In fact, Matt told me, Dennis, we pretty much want like 80% Radu and you can have 10 at the end of the beginning. So I'm going to try to do as I was instructed. Um, I can see that I've lost favor as one of your favorite speakers. But, you know, now the guys you don't even know you prefer over me. But I think you'll be Thank pleasantly you. pleased with what you hear, okay? Uh, but what we had really complimented well, and it goes along with what God, it's really something that God's working in the heart of our church right now. Uh, it's, it probably shouldn't be, but it's radically different because, um, I'm just going to start with this in Isaiah chapter five, you know, you have Isaiah who's a prophet. We all agree, right? Yes. And for the sake of time, I didn't write out scriptures and things. I'm just going to give you the story, but basically you've got chapter five and he's going through Israel and he's. Telling them, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, that's what you're doing wrong, and this is, uh, this is the job of a prophet, okay? He's fulfilling his ministry. This isn't a criticism of Isaiah. Uh, but when you get to chapter 6, it takes a turn. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you've got the finger pointing back at Isaiah, and you find him in the presence of God. And as he's in the presence of God, he has this vision or this revelation, this keen awareness of himself. Uh, by which we know he cries out and says, Woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But it's because he had a revelation of himself, and then he had a revelation of God. He, he got to see himself in the presence of or in the light of God, and this was like an undoing moment for him. And as soon as that happens, you see him begin to, to hear the heart of God, where the Lord says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And you kind of have Isaiah looking up and saying, you can send me. Amen. And mm -hmm. it struck me because one of the things that the Lord has been leading us into is a, is a season where our prayer is, Lord, can I see myself? And that the prayer that follows that up is, Lord, can I see you? Because if that happens, much like it was with Isaiah, you know, I go through doing ministry, and it's not because it's an obligation. I really, really find it an honor uh, to do what God called me to do. In fact, I'm still surprised that God would choose me to do what I do. Uh, I would have been very satisfied if he would have just kept me safe and got me to heaven. 
Uh, coming from what I came from, that would have been more of a blessing than I could have ever imagined. So I don't, it's not necessarily doing ministry out of obligation, but there just comes this place where ministry is this. This is what you do. And God's been really challenging my heart about, uh, you know, how broken am I for the things that are on his heart? Not just do I find my calling and honor, am I blessed and amazed by what I get to do, but how much burden is on my heart for what is burdening God's heart? And when you come to this place where you say, Lord, can I see myself? Um, if it's not an ugly picture, there's, some, there's something wrong with what you're seeing. Uh, this isn't a thing about trying to demean ourselves or trying to uh, be self-deprecating. But there's a reality to the fact that apart from Jesus Christ, in us dwells no good thing. Mm -hmm. that, that we really are totally depraved and hopelessly bound and hopelessly lost apart from the work of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. in our lives. And I think the problem with much of Christianity is we are not, especially charismatic Christianity, we're so positive and we're so energetic and, and you know, we're not supposed to feel condemned that we avoid seeing ourselves. In fact, I made a joke on Sunday because, you know, Eric said, Those are, your biggest enemy is the one you face in the mirror every day when you shave. And, of course, then he pointed at his beard like it made him remember. And I said, why are you acting manly? All that means is you don't face your enemy. I face my enemy regularly, see? So, yeah. See, we can have unbearded jokes, too. All right? Welcome to Covenant Christian Center. Yeah. So I had to take that while I could. Because I couldn't shout it out when I was down there and you were preaching. I... No, and I should repay with a compliment. You have nice legs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll take that. Best compliment I've had in a while. I kind of do have sexy calves, don't I? If the rest of my body... You're leaving already? making a long introduction. I'm coming here. back. If the rest of my body looked like my calves, I'd probably have three wives by now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, where I'm trying to go with this is that um, when, when Isaiah gets this revelation of himself, but he gets a revelation of himself in the light of God, what happens is he's no longer focused on his ministry. He's no longer focused on what's wrong with the people, even though that's his job. There's this sudden undoing. And he's crying out, woe is, you know, there's a recognition of the, I see who you are and I see who I am and I am undone. Yeah. And I tell you, I don't know many Christians that, that see themselves and see God in a way that when they come to his presence, they're undone by it. To the point that when it even came to his prayer, it was no longer about God, I want you to do this for me and I'm believing you for this. It was God was saying, who can I send? And he's like, I've just seen myself and I've just seen you. And I am so rotten, miserable, wretched, naked, blind, and poor uh -huh. that I now see how awesome, I see how loving, I see how gracious and merciful you are. Because if I see me and then I see God and he's willing to still stay in the midst of me, to receive me, to accept me, then all of a sudden, instead of talking about how big we want God to be, we suddenly see God for who he really is. Yeah. And instead of going around saying, I need to know God's love and want someone to impart... If you see yourself and then you see him in that light, you know he's got to love you. Amen. And then instead of focusing on the things that you're desiring and you're wanting of God, here suddenly you're hearing the heart of God. And instead of doing something because it's your calling or your privilege or even your honor, suddenly your heart is broken so much that, that, that if he who is so great could love and receive you as you are, how could anything be your desire but to say, if that's your heart, 
That's what I want to go do. And what I want to tell you, though, is what we're sharing with you tonight is not a completed work. I think it makes it better. It'll be more real. It'll be more raw. Because many times we wait until the testimony is complete, and then it comes across more as a message. But we're in the midst of this. I mean, I'm in the midst of challenging my church on getting their hearts broken. As I'm standing there realizing my heart's not broken mm -hmm. the way that I want it to be. I mean, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm standing at my clear glass pulpit because at my height, that's what you need. And I'm, I'm almost about to burst because I'm realizing, God, I'm talking to them about something I'm not sure that I've got. I mean, I like to share Jesus, but I'm not compelled to share Jesus everywhere I go. If there's an open door, I love it and I take it, but I don't have a burning thing everywhere I go. And I'm like, but Isaiah saw you, you know? And when he saw God and when he cried out, the, the, the other thing too is fire. We love to pray for fire because we're looking for something to come down and grant us passion. But this was fire for purification. This was a fire that transformed him from being a man of unclean lips to being a man who had a mouth that could now speak for God. But also with the fire of purification came the fire of passion. Because then his desire was to pursue and to go after the, the heart of God. So <clears throat> I, I guess what, what we want to share with you is it's more than just about our ministry. Okay, um, I hope that it gives you a, a picture. Uh, because, you know, the last, up until about, was it six months ago that things really changed? Is that about right? Yes. So... For about two years, up until six. about six months ago, we went through one of the most difficult seasons, more difficult than getting <clears throat> kicked out of the Bible school, more difficult than facing the splits, more difficult than the accusations, because God began to dig into us. And he began to show us the things that we didn't want to see and that we didn't want to face. And uh, I'm hoping what we share tonight will help you do it because I didn't handle it well. And it created problems in the ministry and it ended up uh, probably taking a lot longer than it should have. But... I've always said I may be hard-headed, but eventually God gets through and better late than never. Amen. Uh, so I love having a God who's willing to put up with me, even though it's late, because it's better late than never. Amen. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that happened with, with us was Radu came to the Bible school when I first came to Romania. And he was a student first. And... Uh, one night, I don't know if I ever told him this, but one night I had a, a dream about him, and uh, God made it clear to me that, I mean, I didn't, don't get this wrong, but I wasn't looking to Radu for something great. You know, there were other people that were demonstrating talents and zeal and stuff, and Radu was kind of a, he was kind of a rebel, and he was a rebel that was a little sensitive, and whenever you tried to speak into his life or correct him, you, he kind of had a reaction and an attitude. So he wasn't the student. In fact, most of the time when I talked to Radu, it was like, Radu, I have a seat up front here for you for the rest of the class, you know, because he was talking to someone in the back. But God gave me this dream, and when he did, it was, uh, it was very evident that his rebellion was caused out of a painful formation of the past. And my family wasn't real expressive. Well, in fact, I told Peyton, our view of love is the more I cut you down, the more sarcastic I am, the more I love you. And then when I got out into society, I found out that for some reason this didn't work with everybody else. And it created a lot of problems for me growing up. But, you know, expressing love and expressing emotion and all that uh, is really something that God's developed in me mostly as I've been in Romania having to learn to minister to people. But I realized that I had to approach him in some way to communicate that there was a love for him and that these things God wanted to change. And, you know, he kind of, he kind of took hold of that and then began to commit himself to the school and... 
raise up. And what happened was our, our whole ministry partnership didn't start because I began a church and I said, you're a good musician. Can I hire you? Or uh, you were a student at the Bible school. Can I hire you? It was that through that time, God was developing a relationship. Amen. And we ended up becoming friends. I mean, there was still a mentoring thing going on at that point, more so than now. But we developed a close friendship through which we, we just began to share our lives more and more and more. And uh, that's why of all the people that have come through, he's probably one of the, the last two that remain in the staff leadership uh, that we still have. But it was something that, um, that came from a student and developed and it created a heart connection. Uh, in fact, it's the kind of heart connection that I can tell you that I've never had anyone in my life who's believed in me more than this guy has and still does in spite of the things that he's seen. And uh, he's seen a lot of my failures. Uh, he's been there with me through a lot of my failures. But what's, what's amazing about it, and I, I'll let my failures take credit for this, somehow he doesn't fail as much as I do. And I, th I praise God for that because something about even my imperfections because of the relationship that we have has allowed him to develop in a way that he's, God's bringing him up to a level that's just phenomenal without having to, to go through all of the, the misery and the pain and the failures that I, that I went through. And I'm very grateful for that. And Eric mentioned this was something like Moses and Joshua, you know. Uh, Joshua was with Moses and he honored Moses like he never did anything wrong. And we know Moses did things wrong and Joshua saw it. And somehow Joshua developed past that in a way that you don't see a lot of failure with Joshua. And this really should be our heart with the people that work with us and around us. That we want them to be able to come where we are and go past it. But because of our experience, do it without having to go through the same kinds of things that we went through. Or let's say this way, put ourselves through, through our own emotional wrecks and failures. Yes. Um, we also, we literally live our lives together. You know, we don't have a church building. We have a, a big house that has the church, and it has a, a home where I live with another family. It has an apartment where they live. So we don't just see each other at the office and talk over coffee. We literally live our lives together, and we've been doing this for the past uh, eight years. His family, another family, and me. Now, it has all of the challenges that you can imagine at times, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because with all of the... Um, with seeing all of the ugly stuff, um, dealing with all the difficult things, uh, experiencing the fact that everyone doesn't live their life the way you do, it hasn't, it hasn't made things worse. It's made things better. Uh, it, it took what could have been a working relationship and has just developed it more and more into a real covenant love situation where we, he's going to share with you some things that you'll see that the Lord dealt with that he that were very difficult and could have divided everything, could have separated everything, could have driven him away, could have driven me away. But in the end, God just brings it to a deeper place of covenant love and not just in ministry, but it has made um, our lives and the depth of what we do more fruitful. It's brought more trust. It's brought more stability. Um, and it's really the basis of who we are and what we do now. Uh, it's not just a ministry. It's it's a life of believers joined together for the sake of the kingdom and for God's purpose. And uh, it's been helpful because some of the things that you wouldn't want to face on your own, the patterns of the past, the fears, the insecurities, uh, um, this is the situation, the real life development, the, 
the real uh, preparation, the, well, it, it's the kind of thing that brings deeper healing and it brings deeper stability. And it really sets the course for the ministry that you do. So ministry doesn't become a job or what I do. Ministry is literally an outflow of the way we experience our life together as we pursue the purpose uh, that God has called us to do, you know. And he'll surround you with people that will challenge you and uh, sometimes be difficult. But uh, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Amen. And through the relationship, I can tell you some of the insecurities, both personal and ministerial, um, the things that the enemy brings quite, quite regularly. One of his patterns is to constantly make me feel disregarded whether it's by people in the church, whether it's by other ministries that visit us, you know, uh, trying to direct and say that, and he's constantly, but God's put both a friend and a covenant partner in my life, that the way we've been raised up and walked our lives together, that it just, it creates a solidness that you just can't imagine. So he'll share some of the, maybe the uglier stuff, but what it produces and some good testimonies. And then I'll, I'll have a, you know, a cute closing and, and then we'll, we'll impart patience or whatever you need, and we'll, we'll all go and have dinner. But, uh, but anyway, I just I, I want to tell you this. The one thing that I can say about him is this guy is a servant, but he's a strong leader. Amen. And that is such a rare blend when, in people in ministry. He serves me like I don't deserve to be served, but when he stands in the church, he leads in ways that, that impress me and take us farther than we would go otherwise. So uh, he's a real blessing but he's an honor to have yeah. and I think you're going to appreciate what he has to share with you thank you thank you Dennis so that means you if I, mine was 10% I don't know what you got left now but an hour and a half or something no it's so so good to be here um, it's more than uh, Eric uh, told me um, it's like uh, Queen of Sheba when she went to uh, David uh, to Solomon and she was blown away. I really feel God's presence even more than Eric expressed. And uh, it's, uh, I'm really happy to be with you. Amen. Some fine people here. Yes. Like family. Yeah. I really love you guys. Um, in the morning I had something interesting. And I will share it. It's for you, Eric. That's good? Yes. It's some, it, it's from the Bible. <laughs> it's a, where from the Bible? Well, it's from Psalm uh, uh, 37. English is my second language, so if I um, get it wrong, have grace for me. Yeah? His grace is enough also for you towards me. Uh, commit your way. It's verse uh, 5, 7, 11, 24, 34, and 37. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose uh, each care of your load on Him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in Him. And He will bring it to pass. Be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for Him and patiently lean yourself upon Him. Fret not yourself because of Him who pro prosper. Uh, prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. But the meek in the end shall inherit the earth and shall hide themselves in the abundance of peace. Amen. Though he falls, he, sh uh, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the, for the Lord grasps uh, his hand in support and upholds him. 
Wait for and expect the Lord and keep and heed His way and He will exalt you to inherit the land. In the end, when the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Mark the blameless man and behold the upright, for there is a happy end for the man of peace. Amen. Amen. I really feel that uh, that's for you. Uh, well, tonight we sang a song, uh, and I think it's the chorus, but it says like this, Come and consume, God all uh, we are, we give your permission, we give you permission, our hearts are yours, we want you, we want you. We sing it, and we truly want it, yeah? Yes. So, uh, it's, uh, uh, the fact that we're saying that it's an open door for God to work in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really believe God wants to go um, deep in your hearts, and in ours too. When we think it's finished, He surprises us, and He amazes us with something deeper. And uh, always it's good when He digs, and heals. And uh, uh, as Dennis said, I, um, this relationship with him, it's a precious relationship. The enemy fought over the years to, um, devise, devise? Divide. divide, but he didn't succeed. Amen. And he will not succeed. Amen. Not because I'm, I'm, I'm good or whatever. Uh, but because uh, we are in covenant. We are in covenant with Him, and His grace is enough for us to overcome any obstacles. And I will talk about this a little bit because I think it's important um, to have intimacy and um, unity. Uh, You need to be opened, and you need to share your heart. You can talk about unity, you can uh, pray for unity, uh, but if you do not reveal your hearts, your heart and your thoughts, uh, it's a little bit hard to have that intimacy. And um, this is what I want to talk a little bit. I'm trying to get my thoughts here, Tran- uh, translate them in English, <laughs> but it will work good. It says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weaknesses. In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's, I found out that it's not easy to share your uh, weaknesses, especially with um, one close with you. But I found out when I do that, the intimacy, um, the love grows much bigger. Uh, I will start with something with my, um, before I got married, I had this from the beginning, um, of the relationship, I said, Lord, um, I do not want the relationship with my wife to be uh, distant. I hate that. Uh, I'm, I'm coming from a family that uh, was divided, 
And uh, I know what it means to not have the other part, the Father, in your life. And I said, Lord, I, I do not want uh, uh, things covered or unrevealed or untalked. Uh, but I want, uh, I want it to be uh, very open. So I, uh, um, I decided against all the fears and all the thoughts that came against me, which were demonically, demonic, I said, Lord, I want to share whatever, uh, all that is in my heart, and what happened in my life and in my heart. And I did so. And I found out uh, that it didn't produce what I was expecting. I was surprised because my thoughts were, man, if I will share all the stupid stuff that I did um, in the past, uh, in my childhood, uh, um, I didn't keep my hands at home uh, with other girls. I wasn't in, in immorality, but I wasn't the cleanest guy. And I said, Lord, I, I do not want to keep anything. And uh, I shared I, I would not recommend that unless the Lord, unless the Lord directs. <laughs> Pastor uh, Eric can uh, correct me <laughs> after I leave. <laughs> he can tell you what to do or what to not do. Uh, but for me, uh, I really uh, knew that I have to open my heart towards Dahlia. Uh, and that was the beginning of um, 10 years of fruitfulness, of transparency. And uh, at times when it was hard to talk about things uh, because we started right, it was easier. Not easy, easier. Uh, but I'm, I'm so blessed with... Uh, I was so blessed because I, I didn't receive what I was thinking. And this is what the enemy does a lot in our relationships he lies because he's good with that and he tries to block uh, to block us from having in intimacy in our relationship yeah. uh, I was talking with Eric today with Pastor Eric today yes uh, um, and I said um, and he was sharing about the church that you guys are in a season of fighting and standing and uh, uh, you don't lay down, which is awesome. We do not have to lay down. But um, what the Lord spoke to me uh, these days, I said, Lord, I don't know if I have to share something. I don't know what to share. I have some messages, good, good messages, but I'm, I, I do not feel that. And this morning, Dalia sent me a text, and she said, uh, do not be uh, aff- terrified to challenge them with, um, um, with going deeper. And uh, I, I want to, say, to, to, to share these things because I, I really believe God wants to eliminate any blockages um, from the great victory He has for you. Amen. Uh, we are to fight. We are to kick the enemy's face day after day. Amen. Not be passive. I'm doing that, I'll do that, I'll keep doing that. No, yeah. Right. Amen. It's the right way. The right word. But in, in the same time, I notice something in my own heart. If I, 
if I would let the, the feelings and the thoughts remain, um, I would probably not be here today. Um, his strategy is to uh, weaken us. Yeah, weaken? Weak? He wants to make us tired. He wants to make sure that we're going to quit. And uh, and we have to be aware of this because if we, if we keep the things in our hearts and we do not expose them, we will come to the point of quitting. And I saw guys in the church that used to work with us, they would not share their hearts. They would not share their struggles. They would not share what they feel. Um, and it was too late because when they shared the things, they come out with anger uh, and they were set on the things that they believed. And it was nothing to be done. They were convinced that that was the reality and nothing could change uh, their minds. And um, the beginning of this year, actually, uh, even last year, God started to uh, work some things in my heart. And uh, I will share you a, a verse with you, actually two. Psalm 119, verse 23 and 24 says, Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. I will read it from the Amplified. I, as a Romanian, I like Amplified. It, it explains it a little bit better. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 23 and 24. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. What I will share is something... Uh, special uh, in my heart, um, something precious, because it changed me, uh, and it, it changed our relationship, it uh, brought us more close, and uh, uh, I see God's hand, and I see the future even in a better way. The other verse is from uh, Psalm 23, and this is how... The challenge started in my heart. Drag me not away with the wicked, with the workers of iniquity, who speak peace with their neighbors, but malice and mischief are in their hearts. This word mischief has a um, few meanings. It also means bad. It also means disagreeable, displeasing. And... Uh, we were on a, on a terrace, on my terrace, and Anka, one of the girls from the church, shared this verse. And when I heard it, it just landed in my heart. I was like kicked in the head, in the heart. I said, Lord, why do I feel like this word is for me? Especially the second part. Uh, and it says this. Who speak peace with their neighbors, but malice and mischief are in their hearts. We many times can... Uh, Speak in a nice way, uh, but actually in our hearts to have different thoughts. And when I heard this verse, I said, Lord, I think I have a problem. Uh, I think uh, I'm acting like this. I have disagreements. I have uh, 
um, displeasing thoughts in my heart towards the things that were happening, and uh, I'm not sharing it with nobody. And I felt uh, convicted, and the Lord started to stir up more these uh, feelings in my heart. And I said, Lord, I, 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 I cannot keep it in my heart. And I realized that I, I, that wasn't the first time I was struggling with thoughts or feelings about him or about people in, in, in the church. I said, Lord, you have to do something here. And the day came when uh, something was said. I don't remember exactly. But it brought out some reactions. And I realized uh, something is uh, uh, not, not right in my heart. And um, I started, Lord, I, I need you to open my eyes. I need, I need you to, uh, to, uh, to really open my eyes to see what's, what's wrong in my heart. And I could see the, uh, the enemy working in my heart from childhood. This pattern. Um, um, words from other people that, will, um, that were not nice. Um, words from uh, my family, um, you are like your father, though I didn't knew, knew my father. Uh, words from uh, my wife's family, uh, you are the devil, you are like that, you are crazy and all these words. Uh, when I heard Eric's story, I realized, man, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not the only one. Uh, and uh, I was suddenly encouraged. Uh, but... Um, I saw that the enemy was working hard uh, to try to push me away from him. Uh, I was looking to the situations that were happening in, uh, in my life, in the church sometimes. I said, Lord, why is this happening? I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to do this or that. Why is this happening? And uh, at, at, at moments, I felt discouraged, and I said, I, I don't want to do these things anymore. I don't want to press forward. I don't want to do that. Why, why do I have to do that? One time, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, the story with um, Peter and Jesus. And Peter asks uh, Jesus, what it will happen with this one? And Jesus answers, answers him, what's it to you? You follow me. That settled my heart at that moment, like six years ago. But... Uh, Things along the way started to happen, and I felt discouraged again. Lord, why are these people against? Why are these things are happening? Why uh, my family? Why her family? Can't we, can't we get along? <laughs> uh, can't we have peace? And uh, um, one evening I was with Dalia in, uh, in the room, and uh, we were praying. Actually, she was praying. I didn't... I had... I, I, I had... Uh, uh, revolt in my heart. I said, Lord, I, I don't know what to pray. It's like I'm praying and nothing is changing and tomorrow I will do the same things. And um, the Lord start, started to reveal this. Um, well, this, this is the enemy strategy uh, against your life to separate you from me and to block you to become and be who I called you to be. All these disappointments, all these pressures... All these things were meant to, uh, um, to separate me from him. Uh, and uh, when I saw that, I said, Lord, uh, I need you to, I, I need you to um, 
changed me and uh, really uh, um, opened my eyes on how to be, on how to act. I, uh, I, I was telling this to, to Matt. I didn't read in the Bible. Uh, Jesus was upset on the people like, uh, Oh, Father, I've done this to that. And they rejected me. Uh, I behaved like this and didn't, they didn't receive me. I multiplied the bread and uh, uh, they are uh, turning on me now. I didn't see this in the Bible. I said, Lord, I'm, 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 I, I need your change. Uh, I need you to transform my heart because I'm looking at the uh, people's action and I determine if I would act as him or not. And I said, Lord, I need, I need you to open my eyes and I need you to fill me uh, uh, and I need to uh, get this uh, fully in my heart. And the Lord did change and he, um, he challenged me to go and speak with Dennis several times. I didn't want. I said, oh Lord, I... I spoke in the past, things were good, you know, changed, but it's like, I don't feel, I don't know if it will work. And the enemy always uh, likes to lie to us, and he likes to put all the negative in front of us. And uh, he puts so much to the point we believe him, and we try to do other things. We can press and... uh, pray and do the ministry and we can put our focus on other stuff or fight which is good but uh, uh, if we let these deeper things in our hearts remain it will cost us later before I went to Peru um, I needed some stuff to take with me in Peru, and I didn't have them. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money. And, and I kind of didn't want to ask anybody for money. Uh, and that's because of some experiences that I had in my childhood. Um, it's amazing how uh, our formation can affect the things in the future. Uh, I didn't... Uh, if I... If, um, Actually, I shared those uh, examples in the past and they didn't touch me as they touched me in those moments. It's amazing because God is using um, circumstances sometimes to uh, press uh, us so he can get to the deeper places in our heart to heal us. He doesn't want us to walk wounded, be a wounded warrior. We are a good target for the enemy. Uh, and actually the, with this stuff in the church or with Dennis, uh, the moments I decided that I would not share the things that were on my heart uh, and I ignored them and I said, oh, I'll put my focus on youth. I'll put my focus on worship and I will press on towards that. Uh, it went good for a week or two or a month or whatever. But uh, the next time the enemy uh, used other things and it was even harder. And he, he will do that with, with uh, all of us if we do not uh, uh, open our hearts towards the man of God that he placed in our lives, uh, towards our wife, towards our friend. Um, and he will sabotage us and we will um, suffer uh, even more. Uh, I was saying about Peru. Um, 
and the day came like one or two days before my departure, uh, I was a little bit discouraged. I was reacting to everything that was happening. Uh, he was frustrated with me. I was frustrated with him. I said, uh, uh, I didn't understand. And um, actually, one afternoon, the Lord, um, I was in, the, in my living room with Dalian. and I was praying. And I said, I think I need to call Dennis and I need to talk with him a little bit. As I was talking, the Lord revealed to me that um, all these reactions and pain was because um, when I was, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old, my mom would uh, send me to a lady. She would write a small letter uh, asking for money, and she would send me to pick up the money. Wasn't something, was, that thing was something that I despised. Uh, I despised going to people and asking for money. It's like, uh, that was the last thing uh, to do before I die. <laughs> and I said, Lord, uh, it's funny because he, he used uh, those moments to go deep in my heart and to break down um, all that independence, see, all that uh, pain. Uh, and um, that moment was a blessing for me because something broke off that I carried for so long and uh, um, I could feel uh, that pain coming out and uh, I didn't when I, when I called Dennis uh, to come to our apartment we were living in an apartment back then uh, I didn't thought about those events but as I was sharing my heart and um, uh, those things come, came at the surface. Uh, sometimes we do not um, see the things that are deep. But God's, God is using the circumstances. Uh, we, we know that everything works, works together for uh, those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Romans 8, 40? 8, 28. 8, 28. I'm close. I'm learning. Uh, and uh, what I was saying... I lost it. <laughs> no. Uh, everything works together. Um, and he'll use circumstances to bring out all the pain and all the things that we like to ignore. Another thing that happened in my... Um, I'm trying to not pick up on examples. What I'm, what I'm trying to share is um, I really feel that God wants to... Um, Open some eyes tonight uh, to the feelings, uh, to the thoughts that are um, inside of us, which we do not share. Uh, sometimes it's easy to go in the Word and read and uh, pray and study. Uh, and it's much harder, I found out, to open your heart and share the things that you are struggling with. Uh, it's... Uh, being here, it's such a, an amazing thing because I see the, I see the culture that God uh, built here, the fire and the passion and the hunger for God, for God's word, and it's amazing. Um, uh, I'm striving towards that, and I want that. But uh, in the same time, um, God's word is a mirror. Mirror? And uh, we look into it to see who we truly are. And he wants to expose 
the things uh, that are inside of us and that are not healed um, and are not resolved. I met one guy one time, one pastor. He was amazing at that time. God used him to bring deliverance in my heart, in my life. Actually, was the first man that I went and opened my heart with all the struggles that I had. Um, and he's not walking with the Lord. He, does, he divorced his wife. Uh, he was beating his wife and his children while he was preaching in the, in the church. And it's amazing because God didn't reveal those things to me at that moment. He can use a donkey. He can use somebody who's not, who doesn't have character. Uh, but I, I realized this. Uh, he never exposed those things in his life. He never, he never uh, uh, came with them into light. He just buried them. He forced his wife to hide. And it's terrible. And I said, man, uh, I, I do not want to hold things in my heart. Especially when I feel that I'm anxious. When I feel that, man, I... Because uh, we all know. We all feel uh, when God's spirit is leading us to share something. Oh, go to, to, go to par Pastor Eric. Go to Pastor Wade and share that with him. Oh, no, no. Lord, I give it to you. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. You said that if, if we repent, you forgive us. Yeah, it also says in James, if we confess uh, our sins to each other, he, uh, we will be healed. Well, it's important to confess our sins because that's the way for uh, being healed. Um, What I was sharing? Before that? Yeah. About the pastor that didn't expose <laughs> yes. And, and God said, that was an example that I looked to. And I said, Lord, I want to keep my heart clean. And that's important to have this prayer on your heart always. Lord, I need you to open my eyes. I need you to search my heart because I do not know my heart. Heart, my heart is wicked above all things. We can understand it. We, th we may think we understand it, but it's good to check this with somebody else. Let's, let, the God, uh, let, the God, let the Word of God judge your heart. Amen. We will we'll try to be too polite with ourselves. We'll try to not beat ourselves too much uh, and to not discourage ourselves too much. But it's not working. Uh, we tried that. It didn't work. We try to repent, we try to confess only to God, it doesn't work. God made it in such a way and uh, uh, he prescribed the pattern for healing and for deliverance. And that's going to work in our, in our heart. It's the same with healing, uh, with forgiveness. I thought I forgave my father. Uh, I said it, if not a hundred times, two hundred, a thousand times. And I really believed I forgave my father because he forsook my mother. And I grew up without a father. And uh, that was fine until I went uh, uh, to a conference in Bulgaria. And one day they sent us in the woods. We were fasting. And one of the tasks were, was this. Um, you have to write a letter. Uh, a letter um, like your father would write it to you. It's right? 
Okay. So, oh, let's do this. For me, it was a task. Let's fulfill the task. I want to be a good student. I want to obey what they say. So I start writing. I write a few things. Uh, I write things like, uh, I'm sorry because I wasn't at your wedding, and things like that. I had no emotions, no feelings, nothing. I was numb. That was the problem, I guess. Uh, in the evening, we went at the meeting, and uh, he, the, the, the leader asked, who wants to um, read the letter? And for no reason, I lift, I lift my hand, and I want to share it. From the moment I opened my heart, actually, the first word that came from my mouth, uh, crying, deep crying and deep pain started to come out. Like 10 uh, lines took me like five, six minutes to finish them. And they were, they were waiting for me to say a word and cry, I say a word and cry. And it was amazing because um, something lifted off of my uh, heart. I could feel the forgiveness coming out. Uh, I thought I experienced because I said I said the right words, the Bible words, and I forgive him. And, but it wasn't nothing like I had uh, ex uh, I have um, experienced in that moment. And I thought, man, I'm free. Finally, I'm, I am free of this uh, weight. Well, next year I'm going with my wife to the same event, but uh, for couples. So one day they separate us. They separated us. And I was with a few guys. And uh, the leader from the group uh, came to me and said, uh, did someone came to you? Uh, and he represented your father and he asked forgiveness for what he did to you. Uh, I said, uh, no. Can I kneel before you? Give me your hands. I gave him my hands. In the moment I gave him my hands, something broke again. It's like God is uh, uh, it's working on layers. He doesn't go straight to the core. He likes to peel. Because we would not handle all that emotions and all that pain. I was crying like a baby. I said, Lord, it's so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so releasing. It's amazing. Uh, and after that moment, I said, Lord, I don't know if it's done. Because uh, last year I said it's finished. And this year, um, apparently, you went deeper. Why I share these testimonies is because... Sometimes we try to ignore uh, and we can press or suppress our feelings or thoughts and uh, we can ignore them because we do not want to face our pain. Pain is not pleasant in the moment you experience it, but uh, if you let it out, something beautiful will come. Uh, restoration will come. Joy will come. When I went to Dennis and I uh, shared my heart with him, like a new fire started to come in my heart, a new passion. Uh, and not only that, but uh, the closeness that it produced was amazing. The life that came out from those experiences 
was indescribable. So I encourage you um, to not ignore the thoughts that are coming. Even the bad thoughts. Oh, I, 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 I look at you, oh, you did that and I judged you for... Paul said, I will uh, boast with my weaknesses. Can we do that? Is it easy for you to boast with your weaknesses? When you judge somebody or when you criticize somebody or when you have thoughts towards, when you have disagreements towards what is preached from the pulpit, it's easy for you to share your heart. It's easy to humble yourself and uh, uh, let, the, let yourself exposed. Because if we, if we truly want to have breakthrough and uh, um, burst through the enemy's camp, we cannot keep this kind of stuff in our hearts. Uh, the example from uh, I is a good one. I know it was something natural. Uh, he, he grabbed something and he held something for himself and he, and he kept it for himself. Uh, but that cost all of them. Uh, if I would, would have keep, kept my thoughts, my feelings, my disappointments uh, for myself, uh, I would probably not be here today. Uh, and it's the same in our relationship, ships, in our family, husbands and wife, in ministry. We truly have to come with a humbly, humble attitude. If we come angry, oh, he did this to me, uh, that shows something that you already believe something. But if you come with a humble attitude, look, I'm struggling with this. I'm, my mind is not right. I have these feelings. I, I sense that you are doing this towards me. Let's eliminate any spirit of Akan, Aiken. That was a natural example, but sometimes the biggest enemy, it's not the, the devil. It's our thoughts. It's our wounds. And uh, uh, I believe that this is something um, important in our walk with the Lord and with each other. If you want to have unity and love and an atmosphere of joy and peace in your home, but you keep things from your wife or your husband, spouse. Don't uh, be surprised that it's not as you would like. If you want it to be heaven on earth, you will act accordingly. You will, you will do the things that uh, are in the Bible. You will open your heart. You will not keep secrets. Amen? Amen. Because we want to see something happening. And uh, uh, we can pretend. We can be happy. We can even smile and really act like nothing is happening in our heart. And I'm, I can do that. Like I've done that. I can smile and pretend that everything is good. But uh, in my heart, I felt pain. Like, lit, like literally. Yeah? Literally. literally. Uh, pain. Like I could feel, man, something is stabbing my heart. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want that. And God wants to heal us. He wants to make us warriors that do not have gaps in their armor. Mm -hmm. 
and that we uh, can go together as one? Yeah. How can you be one with your wife or with your minister, partner minister, minister partner? partner. Yeah, thank you. How, how can you be one if you have thoughts or feelings towards him? Uh, bad ones, not good ones. <laughs> it's not possible. And uh, I think that's I think that's what I have. I don't know if I transparency. Hallelujah. Oh, sharabarabara. No. Oh, I had something. It's okay. I don't know. I talked five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, but go ahead. I was looking to you, uh, youth, yeah? yeah? I was looking to you, and I don't know uh, your families. I don't know if you have father, mother, parents. I, but this thing uh, came to my heart. Uh, you better appreciate uh, your parents, especially if they are in this church. Um, if you do not like or if you have feelings, oh, why is this, why is that? It's such a blessing to have both parents. I look to Eric and his kids. Um, and um, uh, it's such a great encouragement because he didn't have the right examples in his life. But he made it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You see their fruits? Uh, and it's awesome. I mean, my, my kids are not so big as his, but I'm looking to, to my life and what God is changing. And I said, Lord, truly nothing good dwelled in me, mm-hmm. but you did a good job. Amen. Uh, and I'm proud of what you did in my heart. Yeah. And uh, have high regards on them and on this ministry. And you are blessed, I'm telling you. You are so blessed. I, I walked in a in a free church in a it was actually a Christ for the Nation Institute in Suchava, but I didn't hear no transparency. They were not talking about uh, struggles, lust, and this kind of things. I was fighting w- with myself, and nobody was uh, looking or putting question. You maybe sometimes feel uh, like somebody's. Stepping in your life and ask questions and put straight questions, that's a blessing. I'm telling you. That's a huge blessing. Nobody came to me. I had to finally take courage and face myself and the shame that I had to go and speak this to somebody. But you are blessed. You are blessed. Thank you. I hope I didn't take too, too much time. No, I, I love you. We love you. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Yeah. Can I change my closing? It'll be a lot shorter. Well, we were supposed to go to Moses and Joshua and the, the battle in the valley and uh, victory through the battle and heading into the supernatural overcoming and all of that. But, yeah, thanks. That, that doesn't work now. I tell you, I tell you You're what, welcome. But I'll tell you what works. That I really feel like this is from the Lord, and I think it'll help take you to a place of victory is... Uh, where the Lord took me was to Psalm 103. Um, because, you know, when, when I was going through these last two years, it was so deep that I was, it was only me. I was the only one that had problems. 
and nobody else seemed to care about me. And I didn't know what was wrong with him that he didn't care about me. I just thought he was selfish and, and rude and suddenly changed, but it turns out he's going through some deep things. And all you're doing is looking at each other, you know. And when he finally came to me, I don't know what he was expecting, but, uh, you know, the Lord just broke down all those walls and he began to reveal some things to me. I was talking to a pastor from Dallas who's very close with our ministry and I said, uh, you know, one of the things that the Lord is still dealing with me on was he keeps bringing up sadness and regret. And I said, well, I don't feel sadness and regret, but every time you say it, I start crying. So what's going on? He said, well, you have a lot of sadness and regret. I said, yeah, but, but I want to be free of it. He said, do you really want to be free? Yes, Lord, I want to be free. Said, well, then you need to decide, is your sadness and regret a result of your sin or is it just a result of the consequences and what it costs you? I said, well, now I have more sadness and regret, Lord. Thank you. Okay. But, you know, he's, he's striking at the real things. And one of the greatest disappointments we have when he said, you know, how he said, you know, Lord, I did this. And then the Lord comes again and he digs deeper in the same area. And I've had this happen three or four times. And the, the first three times I made the mistake, now it's done. So then every time God went deeper, I thought something was wrong. And I'd go back to a deep place. And I finally came to, okay, Lord, maybe you're not done. I'm going to rejoice in what you have done. And I'm going to be prepared if you need to go deeper so that I don't sink back because the enemy, you know, twisted. But uh, I called this pastor and said, you know, I'm, God's doing something. It's, it's better. But I just can't seem to shake it off. And I've tried fighting. I've, I mean, I've got, I've got pages of scriptures taped on the walls and the doors to my office because I, I pray them, I confess them, and... Uh, you can see that the Lord's dealing with us in a season now more about our hearts than it is about necessarily theology or something. Uh, but I think that he's equipping us for, for what's coming. And one of the things the Lord told me a long time ago was, uh, don't compare yourself to other ministries. I, I want you to go for people's hearts. And so that's always been my goal because it seems like the Lord's always going for mine. And God knows I need it. But I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And Rodney even came and he said, you know, just because you keep confessing those scriptures and speaking them out, that doesn't mean it's going to work. And in my head, I'm like, no, it has to work. I'm charismatic. This is, this is what, it's God's word is true. You know, and then I start quoting words about the word to convince me that if I quote the word, it's going to, but it doesn't work. It didn't work until God was able to go deeper to this place. And I, I called this pet and said, why does it work? I'm confessing the word. I'm praying. I'm standing. I'm fighting. And I'm getting tighter and tighter. And he said, Dennis, Psalm 103, and this is from the Amplified. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Out of the hearts bring the issues of life. And we think, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is deepest within me, and we're just blessing him and praising him. No, the deepest thing where the issues spring out of are those dark things that remain in your heart. And he's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. And we have an obligation and a duty to bless the Lord with the ugly stuff, with the dark stuff to get transparent about those things that remain because if 90% of your heart is good, but that, you know, let's just say a heart really is shaped like that and the bottom 10% is, you know, full of these deeper, out of that spring the issues of life. That the, the other 90% is not going to keep those things from springing up, but if you can get before the Lord, bless you, Lord, O oh, my soul, and all that is deepest within me. And I'm blessing you with this sadness because you're the one who gives joy for mourning. Lord, I'm blessing you with this pain because you're the one who's the healer. And... Really let him dig into your heart. God begins to touch and dig on things. Now it sucks. I think I can say that here because I've heard you say it. 
It is not, and this is the problem. It doesn't feel good, and our tendency is to draw back from facing what doesn't feel good. But if you don't embrace it and bless the Lord with it, I'm telling you, you're, you're going to live in some repeating cycles that you don't want to live in. And I don't care how much word you learn. I don't care how much you confess. I don't care how much you fight with it until the Lord has his, has, is blessed with all of your heart. Not just the good things, all of your heart. You're going to be hindered from the places that the Lord wants to take you. The enemy's going to have access to things that are going to create division and it's going to cause confusion and the devil will twist it and you'll be suspicious of one. And, but when I came to that place and it was interesting, they were sick. The other guy and his wife were on vacation and I was pretty much alone in the house. And I said, well, Lord, I'm not going to go bother them because you know they're sick and they're on vacation. There's no one else here. I guess I've just got to start going to my office every day and blessing you. And I began to do it. And at first I felt stupid because, you know, when something doesn't feel real, you just... Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Well, I bless you with this pain, Lord. Because, but it's like, it doesn't feel like it's to do it. But I continued to do it each day under the guise that, you know what, Lord, this is true. The deepest parts of my soul aren't the beautiful things. I want them to be, but they're not. And as I began to give and give daily, it took about a week of continual seeking and pouring out before the Lord. But God reached in and began to change something. And what had been, I think it's fixed. Oh, my gosh. I think it's fixed. Oh, my gosh. What's going on? Now there's been a continual six-month cycle of nothing but improvement, of nothing but greater liberty. Um, the, like you said, the intimacy has not just been restored, but closer than ever before. Uh -huh. um, the way God's speaking to us together about the ministry is just clearer and more peaceful than it has been in a long time. Uh, the strength is coming back, but also the... Um, that um, what's uh, what am I the just that that gear towards tenacity. the battle that tenacity to fight again is being rejuvenated, but none of that happened by my confession and by all my fighting and all of that. It was getting transparent with the Lord, getting transparent with the people He put around me, and us just coming to a place of brokenness before Him and saying, that, "That's it, Lord. I bless you with the deepest, darkest, ugliest parts." Here I am, search me, try me, see if there's any wicked way, see if there's any anxious way, any way of pain within me, you know. Um, what was the other verse? Some of these that apply to that. Oh, Lord, like Isaiah, can I see myself? Uh -huh. And Lord, can I see you? Because when that happens, there's going to be a fullness that can't, that can't be robbed from me any longer. Amen. Uh, so I don't know where to go with that, so I'll give it to Matt because he's a good closer. Uh, I just, but I think the Lord's challenging to go deeper in our hearts. Amen. Amen. We're going to bring this to a close uh, in worship and do something that's unusual for us. We're going to forego the charismatic zoo tonight. Uh, not one of us is going to lay our hands on you to fix a problem that only God can fix as you're transparent with him. What we're going to do is open the altars. But I, I wanted to share something with you quickly. Uh, Jennifer and I are obviously going through a difficult time. But the reality is, is it doesn't take a death for you to know that you're going through a difficult time. It just takes a death to make you stop and acknowledge that you're going through difficult times. And um, I, I wanted to, to share with you, uh, could you put Psalm 139, 23? This is the scripture that Radu started with. And... Um, then I'm going to read to you from Psalm 4, 
and, uh, and then we'll begin worship. When he says, search me, O God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Next verse. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's not just in identifying something in your heart or life that is displeasing to the Lord, to you or to others. It's following in the way everlasting after that. And I've come to realize that Christians are really good at something that the counterintelligence community does. I've been studying warfare so much lately. If you guys are on to, uh, let's just say, my, my secret code, right? Like I've got a code-breaking machine or something and you're on to it. One of the things you do in the intelligence community when somebody is on to something that is true, you give them a piece of that truth that is just absurd. Uh, and, and then they feel like they've discovered it and they're done. So when the government gives you a cover story, it's usually based in some reality, but it's so absurd that it's done. Here's what that looks like when a Christian is being dealt with. You realize that somebody is totally captive, bound to lust. It's, it's controlling their life. So they throw a counterintelligence story to you. They feel convicted in their heart. They feel like God's dealing with them. So they don't come to you and say, every day I'm watching hours of porn. What they do is say, one time, a few months ago, I slipped and I, I watched something that I shouldn't. That is true. It's just a truth that is meant to obscure a much larger truth. Or it might look like this. Instead of saying, I have nearly uncontrollable rage in my heart, especially when I see you or think of you, it looks like the Lord's been dealing with me. Sometimes I, you know, I don't like everything that you do. You're right. And so we feel like we confess. We feel like we have done what we're supposed to do. But really, we're just continuing to play a, a game of misdirection. Right. Come, go with me to Psalm 4. In Psalm 4, pick up with me in verse 5. This relates to what Pastor Dennis was sharing about warring. I was with him through many of those seasons, and he was warring well, but not always warring against the right things, like warring against the battle of his choice, not the one the Lord was directing him towards. And good thing he's all alone in that. None of us do that, right? Well, watch what this says in verse 5. Offer right sacrifices. And trust in the Lord. You do not get to bring the sacrifice of your choice. So the Lord's dealing with you to stand up and go talk to Peyton right now. You don't get to say, you know who I'll really talk to? I'll talk to my wife. I mean, you don't get to do that. That's not the right sacrifice. The Lord's dealing with you that you have to go repent to your boss. You, you cannot alleviate that feeling by going to talk to your pastor. Right? But we do it all of the time. And then we feel like we did what we were supposed to do. He says, offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine on us, Lord. There is a despair that keeps us from doing what we know we should do. And it goes like this. If I do that, then this will happen and it will be even worse. It will never get any better. But when we offer a right sacrifice, look what the next verse says. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. 
When you offer a right sacrifice and do exactly what the Lord tells you to do, it opens up something new in your heart and life that he can heal and fill. Now, this is not a typical word for these two men. These two men are like us. They are kicking down the gates of hell and stealing captives right out of it. When they said this was on their mind, I said, oh, please share it because I, I need to hear it so that we don't just busy ourselves in our lives past the things God has intended for us to struggle through, right? I feel like that usually when God leads shepherds in this way, it's because it's where he wants to lead the sheep as well. So what we're going to do is without compulsion, without uh, any of those things, we're just going to open up at the altar where we're playing some worship music, and you have a chance to ask the Lord one very specific question. What would be the right sacrifice, Lord? Is there something that is left undone? Do you need to turn over some stone in my heart? And then what would be that way towards eternity? How do I do what you're telling me to do? And I want to encourage you when you ask him and he shows you, don't walk away and renegotiate. That's the devil. Many times I've had a very good plan in church. And by the time I got to the parking lot, I already convinced myself that God really wasn't telling me to do exactly that. I mean... After all, some lesser version would probably be better. Uh, I'm seeing nods around the room. I kind of think you must know what I'm talking about. Can I tell you when it comes down to your children living or dying? When it comes down to those kind of things? There's no substitute for the confidence that you can have in your heart that knows beyond any shadow of a doubt there's no room for psychological warfare. You know that you were right with God. And that's a very precious thing. And I'll be honest, I've been in both sides of that argument. Where I know that I know that I know I was in the very center of his will. And that's much easier to face death of a loved one than when you have some question. Did I halfway repent there, Lord? Did I not get that quite right? It leaves real room for the devil to hurt you. I mean, it really, really does. And I want to make sure that when you walk out of this room tonight, you're ready for tomorrow's battle because you're 100% in that place. And I'm going to do you a favor by not asking you. I'm not going to challenge you in all the ways that I normally would because tonight I probably just need to spend some time with my family at the altar. Is that fair? Y'all stand to your feet.